Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the show. Kale Berger with you. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. With you till 10.30 before we hand it off to the nightly sports call here on The Fan. And the Steelers are 5-3. and three. Maybe better than some expected. They've certainly, uh, I think they've been outgained in every game that they have played this season, and they somehow still hold a 5-3 and three record. I think there's been like 34 teams in NFL history that have been outgained in their first eight games, and the Steelers are the only one historically to have a winning record. Kind of a crazy out there stat, but... Maybe a credit to the coaching job that Mike Tomlin has done. Some people are saying that and using that as reasoning or using that as proof of why they think Mike Tomlin should be a candidate for NFL Coach of the Year. One such person is Bill Barnwell of ESPN. He does a nice job as a NFL analyst. Here's his quote uh, when he said, earlier this week that Tomlin was the NFL's coach of the year through week nine. Quote, at this point, Tomlin feels inevitable as a coach who will bend the football universe to his whims and coax a successful season out of a flawed football team. These Steelers aren't like the old ones, as they've gone from being a team full of drafted and developed talent to one of the teams with the least homegrown talent in the NFL. But we still see some of those draftees shine every year. First-round pick Broderick Jones has been in and out of the lineup, but second-round defenders... Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton look like stars. Pittsburgh has managed to overcome going without Deontay Johnson, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Cam Hayward for stretches. Tomlin has never won Coach of the Year and hasn't even appeared in the top five in voting at any point during his career, which seems bizarre. These awards shouldn't shouldn't substitute as lifetime achievement awards or be makeup calls for mistakes from years past, but I don't see many people doing more with less than he is doing with this roster. That is the key word right there. For me, I don't see many people doing more with less than he is doing with this roster. And I've heard this asserted before. And it didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now. First of all, from Bill Barnwell here, these aren't like the old Steelers as they've gone from being a team full of drafted and developed talent to ones with the least homegrown talent in football. I don't know how that's true. He just rattled off six names of players that have been drafted that are making an impact on this current team. He didn't even mention the quarterback, the other wide receiver in George Pickens, the tight end, 
TJ Watt was not mentioned in that excerpt. Neither was Alex Highsmith. Like, who are these free agents that the Steelers have just broken the bank for and gone out and supplemented the entire roster? The entire team is homegrown. Oh, but we brought a, a 55-year-old Patrick Peterson in to play corner. That's going to suffice as a big free agent signing. They certainly are supplementing their roster more than they have in, in years past, but that doesn't mean that they are, you know, all of a sudden have turned into, you know, the Miami Dolphins or the Los Angeles Rams when it comes to signing free agents. But back to the original point. Barnwell says, quote, I don't see many people doing more with less than he is doing with his roster. I think what we are forgetting here, and I hear this from a lot of national pundits that have the same take as, as Barnwell. There's never been Mike a better Tom, time. Is this going to happen to me again? You know what, Joel, let's just turn off the. <laughs> I, I, I try to read these articles, man, and they got the pop up ads that just go off. So let's kill the computer sound for now. But when I hear this take from the national media pundits, I think the the only person that is more involved actively in the process of deciding who is on the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of players and personnel is Omar Khan. I would argue that they're probably on equal footing. So there's one other person in this organization that has as much of a say as Mike Tomlin as to who is on this team and who he will be coaching. So when we talk about doing more with less, you know, this is not some penance for Mike Tomlin. He is not being punished and labored with some terrible roster. He decided who's on the team. Mike Tomlin's not being held hostage and, and forced to coach some horrendous football team that he had no say in deciding, in, in, in making. He and Omar Khan are the only two people that really have a say, a deciding vote on who's on this roster and who is not. So let's cut the crap about, oh, well, Mike Tomlin, you know, he's doing more with less. Whose fault is it that there's less? It's his. He has an active say in who is on this roster. So you could argue that most of, if not all, of the Steelers' deficiencies, and I will reiterate, they are 5-3, and three, so he maybe does get some credit there. And they are certainly a very flawed football team. But I, Mike, Mike Tomlin is not overachieving with some roster he's been saddled with. I certainly don't think that Mike Tomlin thinks coaching in the NFL is too easy and he's just trying to make it more challenging on himself. Like he turned up the game to all Madden. Like, no. Mike Tomlin decided who's on the team. Mike Tomlin picked the guys that are on the team. And he hasn't done the best job that he possibly could do. I don't hate their roster. I don't love it. I liked it a lot more prior to the season, but I think we've seen the flaws start to flesh themselves out as the year has gone on. But, like, that's a ridiculous assertion to me. A ridiculous narrative. Now, here's the thing, too. Like, who else could be in consideration to be NFL Coach of the Year? The first one that comes to mind is D'Amico Ryans. 
right? You look at the Houston Texans, and they're four and four right now. He's got a head-to-head win over Mike Tomlin. His young quarterback in C.J. Stroud looks outstanding and like a really good quarterback for years to come. I mean, they got nine games left, but they could do something. They could contend for a wild card spot, potentially. They're in that mix. I think D'Amico Ryans has done a great job from a team that was like the worst team in the NFL last year to where they are right now. I would pick D'Amico Ryans currently. I would also say, and as much as it pains me to say this, the Ravens are 7-2. and two. Does John Harbaugh not have a better case for Coach of the Year than Mike Tomlin? What about Robert Sala? The Jets are 4-4. Four and four. Theoretically, they have been kept afloat. Losing Aaron Rodgers five minutes into their season and have been playing Zach Wilson to this point, and they're 4-4. Four and four. Let's look at the NFC. I mean, you could probably just give it to Nick Sirianni because the Eagles are 8-1 and one and look great. You should probably give it to Dan Campbell because the Lions are 6-2 and two and have been outstanding this year. Like this, this, this narrative that Mike Tomlin is doing more with less, it just simply does not compute. Now that being said, I think you can admit that a coach has done a good job without saying that he should be coach of the year. I don't know if I would go that far. You know, you have to consider who he has hired and, and who is still in employed on this team and some of the other decisions he's made. But in recent weeks, especially last Thursday, I think he's made some good decisions. I think moving Canada down to the field helped. I think putting in Broderick Jones, regardless if it was a disciplinary thing or not, for Chooks helped. They have done some better things, and to his credit, they are 5-3 and three right now, and they are a very flawed team. But to go around here in circles and say, like, Mike Tomlin's doing more with less, and he's overcoming all these odds to get a team to 5-3, and three, then maybe at the end of the year we'll just go down as being 9-8 and eight and another non-losing season, I think is ridiculous. But I do think it's another case of the national media does have a very different opinion of Mike Tomlin than the people that interact with him every day, the people that are in the same city as him, the people that pay attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers a lot closer than anyone else does in the NFL. I mean, when you're on ESPN, who are the teams they're always talking about? The Cowboys, the Eagles, the Jets, the Giants, you know, like the Dolphins, the Chiefs. They don't talk about the Steelers. They just look at the record and they say, oh, they're 5-3. and three. There's nothing wrong with them. Good job, Mike Tomlin. I do think that he has done a good job this year. There's always things you can improve on as well. But to say that he has done more with less and not acknowledge that other than Omar Khan, he has as big a say in who he is coaching than anyone, I think is ridiculous. You know, I was listening to uh, Cook and Joe earlier today, and the guys and, and Matt Folsey, 
they were going through the Steelers' remaining schedule and doing a little exercise of what they thought the record would be at the end of the year. Ron thinks that they go 3-6 and six to end the season. He thought that they're absolutely going to plummet and tank, and they would end up being 8-9 and nine if it shook out that way. Starkey had it being 6-3 and three down the stretch, which means they would be 11-6. and six. So as I look at the Steelers' schedule here right now in front of me, I, I think it is a fun exercise to, to kind of parse this out and see where we think that the Steelers' season might end up and if we think that's going to be enough for them to get into the playoffs again. Joel, do you want to be a part of this? We got Joel Nelson producing behind the glass here tonight. All right, they're five and three right now, okay? So I'm writing down here Kale. I'm writing down Joel. This week, Sunday, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers come to Acrisure Stadium. Do you think that's a W, Joel? I do think that ends up being a W, especially with the you know, extra rest for the Steelers. I think it's a W as well. So they get to six and three at that point. What about at Cleveland the following Sunday? One o'clock game on CBS at the Browns. I think that's a win too. It's too tough to pick. I'll say a win. I think it's, it's a, I think it's a win. I know the Browns have a good defense, but the Steelers have already beaten them once. It's going to be by one possession. And the quarterback situation is still so uncertain. You know, Watson's health and. You know, they might throw P.J. Washington out there again or, you know, whatever his name is. Not P.J. Washington. He plays for the Hornets. Who am I thinking of? P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. Thank you. P.J. Washington. Basketball season. Yeah, it's bad. we got NBA on. I was just watching the Hornets. I think that's literally why I said P.J. Washington. All right, so we think they win their next two. Then they're at 7-3 and three right now. At the Bengals. They, they seem to pick up wins of late in Cincinnati. Not this year. With I think the way the an, Bengals are, are yeah. playing right now. Healthy Burrow, they're doing their thing, man. Well, you heard Burrow the other night. He's talking about, like, the, uh, they asked him, what's the thing you can do now that you couldn't do at the beginning of the season? And he laughed and he said, run. Yeah. So that calf like, that's injury is— a huge is, X factor. Yeah, that calf injury is, is healthy now. It has healed itself. And I know Chase is dealing with a back thing right now, but I think they're hitting their stride. I think they're finally getting back to— to who they are, and and that's going to be one where even if the Bengals score 21 points, like I don't have enough faith in the Steelers' offense that they're going to be able to overcome that. It's a really, really tough task. So to I'm going to go with an L there also, so that means they're going to be 7-4 and four at this point. They get the Cardinals at home on December 3rd. How I, is it not a win? I agree. I think that's a W also. If Josh Dobbs was playing, maybe the game is a little bit closer. Yeah, you're right. It's probably at that point, Kyler Murray, even if he's fully healthy and stuff, the Steelers are the better team by far yeah, in that game. Yeah, they are a bad football team. And that is one thing the Steelers have done a good job of this year is, yeah, they haven't looked all that great against the really good teams they've played. But the other middle of the road, I guess you can call them mediocre or worse teams, They've handled business. They've won. And they do it like, I, I wouldn't even call the Texans one a Tomlin loss. Maybe the way they got thumped, like 30 to nothing or sure. whatever it was. But other than that, I mean, they basically only lost to teams that are clearly way better, like Jacksonville and and uh, San Francisco. All right, uh, December 7th. This is a Thursday night game against 
the Patriots at home. One month from tonight. It's got to it be a win, right? How far off is New England? From, hey, New England's probably a little bit better than Arizona. This is still a They're prime awful. time game in Pittsburgh. They're an awful yeah. football so, team. They're horrendous. Another W. And Mac Jones. It would take something. Sucks. It would take something big for New England to win that game, probably. This was a sticking point for the guys earlier in the day. They were acting all weird about at Indy on December seventeenth. They weren't so sure about that one. And like, I would kind of agree with really? them. You know, Minshew mania. You would, it Jonathan, is Minshew mania. Jonathan but... Taylor's playing pretty good right now, too. They've got some dudes, you know, uh, Pittman, Joshua Downs, the North Carolina guy. They've they've got some dudes on that team, and that game is – the Steelers have had good success lately at Indianapolis, but – So you're man, saying W? It's really tough. Um, or you're saying L? I'll say L. It's really tough. I'm going W. I think they win that one. Cause I don't I'm not I love Minshew as sure. a guy, but I'm just I think the Steelers, this is one of those games that they've continued to win this year. All right, they get the Bengals at home. This is on a Saturday at four thirty. I think they win this one. I think so too. I think they I win. I think so too. Because I, I think that I think they lose in Cincinnati. But I do think that that's been the – they have split games like this in recent years with the Bengals, who have clearly been better, but the Steelers have been able to find a way to win one. That feels like a T.J. Watt game like it was last year. It feel, and, and it's going to be December 23rd, a couple days before Christmas. You would think the weather, frigid, frigid temperatures, like a 16-13. Even though the yeah. Bengals have a good yeah. offense. Like and a they also play in Cincinnati, yeah, so it's not like they play in Miami. You know, like they they're used to the cold weather, but absolutely, yeah. I get what you're it's, saying though. It like feels a, like a 16-13 kind of game, but I mean, holding the Bengals to 13 points would be quite something. It's on, one of those cold weather Pittsburgh yeah. wins. Yeah. On all right, New Year's Eve at Seattle. I think it's an L. I think so too. By just a, I think going, just a couple points. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you know, going like out west. Going out west. Uh, you know, Geno Smith's not great, but like they have a good team and, and they got a young defense that's playing well. I'm going to go with Seattle. I think that's a tough trip for them. And then they close it out on January 7th, which is two months from now. This is going to be a gosh. At Baltimore. The Steelers, all they do is just win in Baltimore as of late, you know? And I think that this is where their, I think it's where their luck runs out. Like, I think that they've had too sure. many games. There's no way Harbaugh could continue to lose games for his football team against the Steelers. He's done it too many times in recent memory. It can't keep happening. And I do think Baltimore is a really good team this year. Like that's why I think that he should be getting coach of the year consideration more than Tomlin. Just I mean they're 7 and 2 and, and I would agree with that. Yeah. Even though their their loss to the Steelers is like inexcusable cuz it shouldn't they, happen. The way they beat Detroit and Seattle in recent weeks. Yeah. They are they're they're getting back to form and the Steelers caught them at a really good time a month I, ago. I think it's an L. What about you? I think so too. All right, so I have them finishing the rest of the way. Let's see. Two and one, three and one, four and one, five and one, six and one. I have them at six and three. The rest of the way. And you have them at five and four. So that means 
that down the stretch for me they'd be 11 and 6 and for you they would be 10 and 7 we both basically think the steelers are going to continue to win and are going to be you know a team in playoff contention all they do is just find ways to win and whether they're the struggling thing. offensively yeah. the quarterback play they just find ways to win it's it's coach tomlin steeler football you know that means something to me in the nfl if you have that kind of never-say-die element to your team, if you have that, the, that, those attributes, I think it matters. And it's intangible, but I, it, it, it fleshes itself out every single week. Sometimes we don't know what it is. It's just Coach T and those guys just getting wins. However you want to chalk it up, man. It's Dude, Ron is so down on the Steelers. It's interesting. I... He thinks they are going to implode. Three maybe, and six down the stretch. Maybe just, you know, that they can only get away with Kenny Pickett having all these really good fourth quarters for so long is that's what it. it could be. I get it. I mean, this is pr- pretty much entirely reliant on six more times. Basically, Kenny's going to win them the game in the fourth quarter, and the defense is going to hold someone within striking distance. That's it can basically only, what we're saying. It can, only, it can only hold like that for, for so long. That's, that's the thing. I don't know if it can happen. Wow. More to come here on the show. And coming up next, we have a surprise guest. Out of nowhere. Nick Fairbaugh of Steelers Now. One of the brightest young minds in this town covering football. Does a great job for Steelers Now. Full-time beat reporter this season for them covering the team. And he was kind enough to stay up late and join us next. We'll talk to Nick Fairbaugh. After the break, it's killed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Burger on the fan. You follow the fan on Twitter at 937thefan, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters Township, or check them out online at southhillsjeep.com. Squad to the fan hotline right now. That's where we find our buddy Nick Farabaugh of Steelers now. Nick, how we doing? Thanks for coming on, brother. 
As always, Kale, appreciate you having me on. We're doing well this evening. It's you know, I, I like the fall weather we're having right now. I like these low sixties, Kale. It's nice. We got great football weather. I, I think that's what's really good. Whether you're high school or college or pros, it's, it's good football weather right now. Prop football season. <laughs> I would agree with that. It is definitely football weather. I went to the game on on Thursday night. Is the first Steeler game I've been to all year, and it was football weather. I, you know, I was sitting up in the, uh, I was sitting up in the the bleachers, you know, in the uh, the north end zone, and I got to tell you, man, I felt like you with that all twenty two uh, view of the game. You got you got to watch all the tape, right? <laughs> right from the press box, the all twenty two. Yeah, man. man. When, when, when I, when, you know, it, it's awesome just to see the place develop. I, I'm, you know, if you're a football nerd like I am, it's cool. But then you also get to see all the the cool little intricacies from the all twenty two too, right? You get to see literally all twenty two. Really, it should be like all 106 because you get to see the whole sideline from that view. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely was a cool vantage point. So I, I, I enjoyed it. That's the second time I've watched a game from up there. Um, but it is football weather, and uh, the Steelers are in the thick of the season right now at 5-3. and three. One of the big headlines today that has been going through the news cycle, of course, Mike Tomlin addressed it during his presser today, was – George Pickens, a 22-year-old wide receiver for the Steelers in the middle of his second season. Now, clearly he's frustrated about the lack of opportunities he's getting. He's shown that visibly on the field. He's expressed as much on social media as well. Both he and Tomlin have both accused the media of overreacting to it. And as childish as kind of his actions have been, I do kind of see a point to where he's coming from that they're probably not doing a good enough job of getting him involved, even with all those double teams and stuff. What's your take on the whole George Pickens dynamic right now? And and does he have a point and is just going about it the wrong way? It's a completely irrational point. I mean, they are using the guy the complete wrong way. I think he had five targets against the Titans, and one of them was on the same play that they run every week. It's that same slant concept, and it's worked. It's worked. They got a touchdown against the Jaguars with it to him. I understand that they've had success with it, but you, at some point you have to get him working in different areas and, and listen I know he should have had a touchdown because you know the foot and all of that but when I look at George Pickens he's getting used in a lot of wrong ways the screen pass like that's not the way you use him you know you got to move him around the formation more I mean they really keep him pretty static on one side so it's easy to double team him I just think he's going about it very publicly and, and that's just something I think he might learn uh, as he grows but People keep calling this, you know, oh, he's AB 2.0. I don't see this as an Antonio Brown situation. We've seen many receivers over the years go to social media, express their frustrations. I, I can think of that Devontae Adams has done this in press conferences. But the big one I think of is Stephon Diggs. He does this all the time, even with the Bills. Obviously, that has not matriculated into anything big. So I just think what they need to do is they need to treat George Pickens like a bona fide number one receiver because I feel like other teams are doing it. But I don't think the Steelers have fully adjusted yet to getting him the wide receiver one treatment from themselves. They are giving Deontay Johnson the clear wide receiver two treatment, which is feeding off what George Pickens feeds you. But it doesn't matter even if teams are looking to really get away from George Pickens in the explosive plays. They'll let Deontay Johnson catch that 10-yard slant, the 10-yard curl. you got to get George Pickens the explosive plays. Because, listen, when teams play the Vikings, they're trying to take away Justin Jefferson. When they play the Bengals, even though T. Higgins and Tyler Board are really good, they're trying to take away Jamar Chase. But those teams still have success getting the football those guys that's what that's exactly what I'm saying like I I know that 
you know, they might not believe he's the number one receiver, but you look at all these other number one receivers in the NFL, you know, you know the Dolphins are going to try and get the ball to Tyreek Hill, and you know that's how you need to stop. But they find a way to get him involved regardless of what the other defense is doing. I feel like they're far too reactionary and not, uh, you know, asserting themselves enough offensively and dictating terms to the defense. And maybe that's a larger commentary on the offense as a whole. Yeah, right. And, and like, think about how the Dolphins use Tyreek Hill, how they move him around, the motion they use him with, right? It's hard to double-team Tyreek Hill because of how much he moves around. Like, it's not hard to double-team George Pickens. He basically stays over on that left side most of the time. That slot fade that should have been a touchdown, he was in the slot. That's one of the prime examples of how they should be using him and trying to get him away from those double teams because Deontay Johnson is a really good number two. But outside of Deontay Johnson, they really don't have anyone that stepped up in the passing game. They have their two running backs in Warren and Najee that have given them production in the run game. But really, it's Deontay and him with Fryer moves out. And so they need to get these explosive plays going. If you're not going to be an offense that is going to get sustained drives, and the Steelers really haven't been an offense all year that has been able to sustain drives. It's been a lot of three and outs quick ones, so they need to maximize their drives. When they do move the football, there's an easy way to score points without getting long drives. It's called explosive plays, and George Pickens is your most explosive player, and so you need to get it to him. He is your number one receiver. Deontay's a really good number two, and they're doing a nice job feeding off what Pickens is doing with the double teams, but you got to get George Pickens more touches. He is your best playmaker, mm. and I think they've done a lot of good things recently on offense. I, you know, like George Pickens should have had better stat lines against the Jaguars and the Titans, right? The missed drag route early in the game by yeah. Pickett where he just sails it over his head. The missed corner route against the Jaguars, right? You should have had better production. But even then, you aren't using him enough. There should be a guy that gets 10 targets per game. Joined here by Nick Farabaugh of Steelers now talking uh, George Pickens and a lot of what Mike Tomlin talked about earlier today in his weekly press conference. Let's transition to Kenny there. And you mentioned that missed drag route against the Jags. That has been one of the kind of issues for this offense is that Kenny Pickett really hasn't been that guy through the first three quarters, but he goes to the fourth quarter and he turns into a completely different quarterback. And I saw the PFF stat on Thursday, and he's up there with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. If you're up there with any stats with those guys, that's obviously a very good thing. But Mike Tomlin was asked about it today, about you know Kenny's quarterback rating in the first three quarters, and he joked, but he kind of made a good point. He's like, well, what's his quarterback rating in the fourth quarter? Clearly, Mike Tomlin puts a lot more emphasis on that and is not as worried about what he's doing the rest of the game the other 45 minutes. What do you put more stock in? Because I, I kind of tend to agree with Tomlin that, you know, not a lot of guys have that capability to be clutch in those moments, and that's an encouraging sign if you have that, and the rest of it will come along. Where do you stand on that? Is it like kind of glass half full or glass half empty? I, it, it's completely unexplainable to me. I have no idea where this comes from. Like, I had DeFabo on earlier, and I said that it's uh, like witchcraft. It, it's like... It is, right? Like, it, it makes no sense how he just turns into this quarterback in the fourth quarter. And, like, it's not like he's these are fluky drives. Like, he just makes unbelievable throws. Like, that throw to Deontay Johnson down the sideline against the Titans was an unbelievable throw. I yeah. mean, he makes some crazy throws in these spots. And then you'll see him in the first quarter just sail easy, wide-open routes. I don't understand it. Um, I'll say this. I put more factor in the fact that I'm seeing those flashes, but I want to see a full game of flashes, right? Yeah. I want to see, for example, Will Levis, uh, like in his first game, four touchdowns. Dude. He didn't have a great game overall, but he had four great throws, and he had different things. But he had a full game of flashes. 
show me a full game of flashes from Kenny Pickett. Um, I think we saw a little bit more of that last year. I, I think back to that Colts game last year where I thought he played a full game of football and really showcased you what, what he could do. I even thought that Ravens game where they went into Baltimore last year, I don't know they only scored 16 points, but I thought there were some really good plays in that game. So I just need to see the fourth quarter stuff carry over. Like I need to see the preseason version of Kenny Pickett, right, where he was making all these throws on these drives and it was basically the fourth quarter version of Kenny Pickett just extrapolated out into the first quarter. Like that's what we saw in the preseason. So I need to see more of it, but I am encouraged by the fact we see these flashes, but at some point this year, right, we are eight games into 2023. You have to see a full game of Kenny Pickett making the throws, just making the routine stuff. He doesn't even have to make these unbelievable throws that he's making in the fourth quarter. Like, I just want to see him make those routine throws. He missed Deontay Johnson twice in the Titans game. Like, he missed a few easy throws in that Titans game. And then, even in the Jaguars game, missed a few throws early on. Like, I just want to see him put together a full game. So, I'm I, optimistic because he does have something that a lot of guys don't, and that is the clutch gene. It is hard to find that big game clutch gene. A lot of quarterbacks shrink in big moments. He does not shrink in big moments. He's very tough. I will never question his clutchness his attitude, his intangibles, or his toughness. I think he's got great intangibles, and that's why they picked him. But I need to see just basic stuff start to work in the first, second, and third. And, again, I don't want to see him – I don't need to see him being Patrick Mahomes. I don't need to see him being Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, or any of these guys. I just want to see him hit easy throws. I think that's the biggest thing. Fix the spotty accuracy. I think he's actually gotten better in the pocket. I think we haven't seen him spin out of a yeah, pocket Yeah, I, I, I noticed that too. Like, I think he's getting better in that area, right? I think the decision-making and processing still needs to come along, but that might come along with time. But I, I just need the accuracy to improve. If those accuracy – like, if he hit all the throws he should have in the Titans game, if he hit most of those throws, they probably put up 30 points. And I, I just think he needs to hit those a little bit more because I think Matt Canada has stepped up his game a little bit here the last two weeks. So fix the accuracy, and, and I think we're cooking something here. Maybe it's just something where – you know, he's kind of adjusting to this new pocket movement, has to fix the footwork, the mechanics, the timing, all that. Maybe it comes along. So I'm cautiously optimistic right now. Just fix the accuracy issues, and I think that is really where you see kind of the growth. And, and again, I think it's, I'm optimistic it will because I don't – Kale, you and I have both seen Kenny Pickett all these years of pit. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember him missing egregiously wide-open throws like this. No, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, how big of a loss – is Cole Holcomb being done for the year? And, you know, how well was he playing? What was he excelling at that was really helping the Steelers defense? And do you think with Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander, they can overcome his loss? I think he was playing the best out of the linebackers. I think he was a great signing. I think he was very smart. Uh, he's giving them kind of everything they wanted. He's never a lead at anything, but he's a good run defender, very good athlete, uh, can do the things you need him to do in coverage. And I thought what he did really well was he was able to communicate with the whole front. I never really remember the front being out of position very often. So I thought he was doing a great job with the green dot. Obviously, that green dot will now go to Quan Alexander, um, a guy that has worn it before elsewhere in San Francisco, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Um, so that is not foreign to him. But I'm worried a little bit that they're going to become overexposed. And what I mean by that is, you know, Quan Alexander is going to be playing probably over 60 snaps per game, which is what Cole Holcomb was doing at some point. And Cole, he's not the same athlete he once was when he was younger. Um, so he's a little bit more appreciated. But I think he's a really good athlete still. Um, he's just not the elite athlete he was when he was younger. Um, good in coverage, as you saw. That was, I think people really underrate how great of a play it was, yeah. his pick at the end of the game. 
Like, to gain that depth on that is a pretty absurd play um, from Quan Alexander. So, I, I like Quan. I'm worried a little bit about Alandon Roberts. And, and it's not because I don't think Alandon Roberts is a good player. Like, none of these guys, none of the three guys they signed were stars, but they fed off each other really well. They complemented each other's skills really well, and they kind of filled in the holes of each other's game. And I love Atlanta Roberts because, like, he's basically just Vince Williams. Like, that's what he is. Um, very communicative. He's a guy that is fiery. He's an awesome blitzer, great run defender, but he's not great in coverage. He tries and he's competitive, but he can be exploited. And, and I don't want him to be playing 50 snaps per game where you see him in coverage against tight ends and running backs. I, I think that's where we can see some concern come out. So Keanu Neal maybe comes into this equation. Mark Robinson, we'll see. Um, very interesting young linebackers, Mark Robinson, athletic, but kind of all over the place. Um, so we'll kind of see where that goes. I'm, I like the two guys they have right now in Quan Alexander and Lamarabas. I think they're solid players. I'm just worried that they don't have that star, right? They don't have the star kind of in that area, and they never did have the star. So I am worried a little bit about Quan Alexander and just becoming a little bit overexposed and teams being able to pick at the holes they have. And don't be surprised if that comes up at some point this year because I, I think it's a tough ask to ask Alan Roberts to cover running backs just week in and week out. It's just not his skill set. The Steelers knew that. That's why they signed Cole Holcomb. So Holcomb's a, a big loss just because it's, it's, he's really not very replaceable on the roster. That's your three, three down every do it linebacker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Nick, I want to get your thoughts on this before I let you run. And this has kind of been something that's been echoed by a lot of national media members, but specifically what I saw was from ESPN's Bill Barnwell, basically saying that Mike Tomlin should get coach of the year consideration. Steelers are five and three. His basic thesis was that no one is doing more with less. My reaction to that was other than Omar Khan, does anyone have more of a say of who's on the Steelers roster than Mike Tomlin? So if there's anyone to blame for why he's doing more with less, it would be him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I understand where Barnwell's coming from that because he does have kind of a less mentality. He's doing a lot more than what he should be. But, like, you have to put some of the blame on him, right? He's the one that kept Matt Canada, for yeah. example. He's the one that continues to play Dan Moore over Broderick Jones and Chooks. Like, 
He is the one that didn't play Joey Porter Jr. until later in the season. Like he is the one that is not playing some of these rookies that look better than these veterans out there. Like I think you have to understand he's basically tied one hand behind his own back and is like, let's see what I can do. And and you're crediting him for that. Like I understand it's a great coaching job considering the circumstances, but don't you have to hold some of the circumstances against him seeing as he created those circumstances? I think that's the big thing. So I understand where they're coming from because yes, he is doing more with less relatively to what their record should be, but he also helped create the environment that gave him less than what he should have. I also don't necessarily just fully agree that he's got like this bear covered. Like I don't think the Steelers are some team that is talentless. Like I think they have a, a few really nice players. Like, they have two really good wide receivers. They have a nice duo at running back. They have a few building blocks on the offensive line. The defense has obviously a great front. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. is becoming a nice young corner. They have a nice inside linebacking group, and obviously Minka is a star. I understand they have big kind of holes, you know, at tackle, and they probably need another receiver, and the safeties and DBs have not played well. But, like, this is not a talentless roster. So every time people, like, talk about, wow, Mike Tomlin's doing – kind of all this with nothing like I'm like I understand Kenny Pickett hasn't played well but like this roster is not talentless it's a pretty decent roster when you look at it so I, I kind of understand where Barnwell is coming from but I do think that's kind of shortening your your frame of mind right you kind of have to look deeper into it in my mind and say well he also created these circumstances and more than that you know the decision is just to kind of hold the team back a little bit, not playing Joey Porter Jr. early, not starting Broderick Jones right out of the gate, not playing Keanu Benton more, uh, bring back Matt Canada. Like that'll, a lot of that is on Tomlin himself. So I, I kind of understand where it's going in, in terms of where Barnwell is saying that, but I'll say this, you know, someone like D'Amico Ryan's for me yes. would probably get yeah. my vote. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia is doing a very underrated job with that Philly, with that Philadelphia roster right now. And, kind of the turnover he's had. Like, I just think there are other guys, too, that are more deserving. I think right now, if I were to put a vote down, I'd probably go to Miko Ryan's. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I Actually, I would give some credit to Harbaugh, too. Um, you know, they're 7-2, and two, and the last two games, especially if we're looking at their body of work right now, I know these lost to a Steelers team, and it's basically his fault. But, I mean, they've kind of beaten the crap out of the Seahawks and the Lions over the last couple of weeks. So, I'd give Harbaugh some credit, too. I would, too. I think there's a lot of deserving candidates. I think Tomlin deserves to be in the conversation, but I think the love that I, – I, I know Barnwell wasn't the only one to say that uh, he should get that award. I, I just think people have to take into consideration, like, why does he have less when he should have more with the talent he has? And a big part of that is bringing Matt Canada back, not playing the talented rookies, kind yeah. of just odd personnel decisions. A lot of it does fall at Tomlin's feet. Yeah, you know, the uh, if you could just – and obviously there's a plethora of things that are – giving the Steelers issues. That being said, they are 5-3. and three. But if you could boil it down to just the single most important one, they aren't scoring enough points. And that solely falls like pretty much on just what they're doing offensively in that philosophy, which obviously is a retaining Matt Canada uh, type of thing predominantly first. Nick Farabaugh, you can give him a follow at FB on Twitter and follow his coverage at SteelersNow.com. Nick, appreciate you as always, my man. Let's do it again uh, later on this season, all right? Yeah, let's do it again anytime, Kale. Thanks for having me on. All right, appreciate you. There he goes, Nick Farabaugh, joining us here on the Fan Evening Show. And we still got time to take your phone calls as well. What did you think of uh, what Nick had to say there? I mean, 
we're pretty much lock and step on a lot of what we've talked about on the show here tonight, whether it's the George Pickens stuff or the, the Kenny Pickett stuff or uh, even the Mike Tomlin Coach of the Year discussion that's been floating out there as well. 412-928-9370. Uh, by the way, college football season is here. Pitt fans right here in Pittsburgh can hear every game for free by listening live on the Odyssey app. To get started, download the Odyssey app and follow 93.7 The Fan. And let's give you fan weather right now, too, which is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Football season is also truck season at sunchevy.com. Tonight, partly cloudy and a little chilly, low of 38 degrees. Wednesday, tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds, otherwise pleasant, with a high of 62, a low of 58. We'll jump back into that George Pickens discussion coming back, and then pretty soon we'll get you off to the nightly sports call here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.